Monday, 692 square metre lawn with a big hole in it. The hole needed filling with four cubic metres of soil. Four delivered soaking wet cubic metres of soil that would normally weigh only around about 600 kilograms per bag. But on Monday, they weighed 100 kilograms per wheelbarrow. 13 wheelbarrows per bag makes it 1300 kilograms per bag times by four is 5020 kilograms of soil was shifted on monday and it nearly killed me but it didn't it got me to today and today i'm going to talk about what i learned when i was actually pushing those wheelbarrows so sit tight and enjoy the next 30 minutes Hello friends, it's Phil and today I'm going to unpackage that whole day in little bits. Um, in effect, what I'm going to probably do is unpackage 48 hours. Or actually, no, I might even unpackage the 96 hours, the days before, the day and the day after. Most importantly, what I'm going to do is I'm going to discuss a big takeout from that day. That I'm going to introduce to you um, at the beginning of the podcast, just so you know where this whole podcast is rambling towards, in finest growing or gardening fashion. So... Let's say on a normal day, normal weather, good quality topsoil delivered. You usually get it in dumpy bags, in big bags, right? And it's usually around about mm, 600 kilograms a bag. So it's relatively straightforward to shift. And there's always about 13 wheelbarrows that I fill up with uh, every bag. So I kind of got an idea of the workload well ahead of the work to be done. But on this particular day, and I was dreading it actually, two days before I was thinking, I think this job is going to kill me nearly, is it'd been raining. It's been raining a lot in the UK this year. It's been raining since September as well. In Yorkshire, actually, where I'm recording from, it's been raining more or less every day since September. But in London, where I was working and where I work every week, the weather is much kinder. But let's say on Sunday evening, when I left to travel down to London, it was minus two degrees and there was a couple of inches of snow on the ground. By the time I'd reached London, it was mild, gentle drizzle and about eight degrees, 10 degrees difference in temperature. But the snow had changed to rain. And that meant one thing to me. I was puzzling overnight. I went, in Yorkshire, my local landscaping company actually keeps their topsoil that goes out for delivery in small batches under cover so it doesn't get soaking wet. And I thought, on the outskirts of London, that sort of, um, that sort of level of attention is not going to exist because... The economics probably don't allow for it. And I thought, the soil's going to come soaking wet. Soaking wet. And I thought, 
God, what is it going to be like? The thing is, as <laughs> I was so disappointed, the the delivery guy came from Thompson's of Cruise Hill, which is on the outskirts of the M25 in northwest London, sort of direction, Enfieldish way. And um, he had a really snazzy new truck that reversed, had reversing directional wheels at the back as well as directional wheels on the front. So it was very nifty how it came in. But when the bags of Saul landed, as they came across, I touched the bags and I went, they are wet. And that could only mean one thing. All the contents of the bag were soaking wet. And it was, on inspection, horrifying to me because I thought, oh my God, this day is going to kill me. Anyway, long story short, I shifted the four bags. And the way, um, yeah, just to give you an idea of actually the travel with the wheelbarrow, because the wheelbarrow is an interesting and important point to discuss during this podcast, is I had to go up a little ramp, along a little incline, round the house which was about 12 meters to which was a three percent incline gentle if you're on a bike you know you wouldn't be able to freewheel up it or you wouldn't be able to pedal up it without knowing you're going uphill but just that gentle gradient that's all gradient that kills you <clears throat> and then i had to beef up the push power to go up uh a brick stair that was probably about two bricks, three bricks, bricks high onto the lawn area. And then I had to turn right, go along some boards that I'd put down around about 10 meters. So every journey from the driveway where the bags were dropped off was around about say 30 meters, 30 meters pushing a wheelbarrow that was probably between 80 and 100 kilograms. And look, if you met me, you'd probably go, you can't push that. But, my dear friends, um, as the proud winner of the Pinner Wheelbarrow Race for five years in my younger years, probably in last time I probably won it was about eight years ago, um, I've learned over the years how to push a wheelbarrow really really well without killing yourself <clears throat> but let's say some of my tactics around pushing the wheelbarrows needed to determine that the soil was sitting on the front of the axle and actually it wasn't it wasn't so anyway long story short i spent a full six hours without break except for a sandwich and a coffee and a can of coke times two and a biscuit and a sandwich and a cup of tea actually two cups of tea no three cups of tea um i didn't really stop and i didn't really stop in between all those breaks because i was horrified at the thought that basically this material was going to get wetter and that was only going to make it harder so anyway six to seven hours pushing a wheelbarrow i did it you'd be pleased to know i did it graded it off set it all perfectly absolutely excellent job really nice material ready for seeding in early spring next year february maybe well we'll see how we go with ground temperatures but 
this whole period of time, and this is where this podcast gets interesting, this whole period of time gave me a lot of thinking time because with my fantastic dyslexic slash ADHD brain, there's a superpower inside it that I've come to realize, which is I am relentlessly determined and focused on the task when the task has to be done. And the task of pushing the wheelbarrow, whilst to most people seems like a relatively easy mundane task, when you're given the challenge of climbing up Everest of the wheelbarrow pushing experience, it requires brutal focus. I mean, the kind of focus that it's a bit like, I don't know, it, it, it was torturous focus, but not torturous. It was brain in gear, completely locked down, pushing with a relentless noise. You know that ADHD noise that comes in to your head when you need it? It'll chatter, chatter, chatter. chatter. If you keep going, Phil, keep going, Phil, keep going, Phil, you'll be fine. Think about something else. Keep going, keep going, keep going. You'll be fine. And it did. It did. It worked. The brain worked. But also what the brain did is it gave me this thinking time. And actually what I did to think was I listened to a podcast that I've kind of been circling around a couple of times now called Acquired. And really what I was doing was filling the vacuum of noise in my head, layering it as as only ADHD people probably can, or dyslexic-minded, let's say. Uh, I was layering um, the power of uncertainty with the power of focus, with the power of learning, multiplied by the power of N, which meant there was an awful lot of learning and effort and focus going on all at the same time if you get my drift. But I was listening to this podcast called Acquired. And actually the other week when I was driving down from Yorkshire to London is I listened to an episode about LVMH, the luxury goods company. Now I was listening to that because I'm really interested in the story behind historic luxury brands like Louis Vuitton, as an example, like uh, Rolls, Rolex, like Rolls-Royce, and, 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 is that there are brands that have been established for 50 and 100 years that produce the finest, finest of finest of things. And it takes time. So I was actually really interested in this acquired podcast um, because they were talking about the luxury brands within the LVMH strategy. And uh, one of the big takeaways from that was, actually the biggest takeaway was these two guys that do the Acquired podcast go deep for three and a half hours. And actually, when I was pushing the wheelbarrow, I thought, (laughs) it was quite a funny thought really. I thought, I'm going to make the day seem a lot easier by getting completely lost in focus breaking the day up into two parts in effect breaking their day up into two podcasts can't really remember what the second podcast was 
but this say the first podcast, the first three and a half hours, was listening to the podcast about Peloton, the interactive media company, or is it the fitness hardware company, or is it the app company, or is it a subscription business? And and if you give me drift. It was kind of like, what is Peloton? Because the guys on Acquired really unpackage the whole beginning, middle, end, plus XXX story of a business. Really, really fascinating if you're kind of trying to fill your day when you're pushing wheelbrows relentlessly with relentless focus. You need a kind of a, a guiding voice behind you that says, Everything will be fine, just as long as you keep going, Phil. So anyway, I was listening to this podcast, and I've been sort of, um, if you've been listening to some of the previous podcasts, is one of the things that I do, and it's a criticism, a little bit of a criticism, but also a superpower of me, is that my brain, under a certain amount of anxiety, fires up the ADHD component and on firing up the ADHD component of my brain linking to my dyslexic there is something out there um, mind is I explode with ideas and that's not very good and I'm actually trying to temper that so if you haven't listened to one of the previous episodes where I talk about the fill six just as a little footnote I'm going to reintroduce that idea just so you know some of the framing of this is the fill six is how my mind works and actually um i've shared the thinking with other people and i've shared it on the podcast and actually i think it needs a bit more unpackaging which i might even do an episode on but the the components are uh confidence value focus anxiety uncertainty and dyslexic doubt those are the elements and if you think about how my day, my, my brain operates in a day when it's pushing a wheelbarrow, it's harnessing focus and it's harnessing uncertainty because the components working together create ultimate drive. If you're uncertain whether or not you're going to finish this job before the rain comes down tomorrow, Phil, which would cause an absolute nightmare, you're going to have to be ultimately focused and get this knocked out. And it's a real interesting driving force the fill six as i call it maybe i should write a book about it but what i was listening to and where i'm getting to is in one of my previous episodes i talked about my focus on doing one thing well i also previously have talked about lawn plan as being the finest lawn service in the uk even worldwide if i can get it to that point that's where I've been sort of circling. So I was circling this whole thing about can I survive the day? Can I be focused? Harness the uncertainty of the day and the prospects of if you don't get it done, it's going to kill you. Um, and process back where you need to get to. So let's just say the whole day started off with anxious uncertainty chaos kind of thing then it bedded down to 13 barrows 
are 13 wheelbarrows per bag, hour and a half per bag, job be done in four and a half, four and a half odd hours of focused, relentless effort. So once that was determined, I kind of, in my mind, circled back on the question. And the reason, you know, the reason why I listen to this Peloton, Peloton podcast is not only because it's three and a half hours long, but actually there was something inside it I was intrigued about, which is what is it? What really is it as a business? So there's a saying um, that I think I heard from uh, the Acquired Boys about Charlie Munger, which he Charlie Munger, the guy is 99. Is that true? You should really understand more about Charlie Munger. But the the thing is, every business model playbook has already been played. And to some extent, the success of any business is about identifying your business model, isn't it? if you think about it like that. And that's kind of where my brain, the fill six kind of started to steer towards really, which is like, okay, so you've got this day set out, Phil. You're going to use your focus. You're going to use the uncertainty and the anxiety to get the day done. But in between, you're going to create confidence and learning. And you're going to do something that you do incredibly well, Phil. I don't really read this dyslexic kind of hangover. I think I should learn, I think I should train myself to read, really. Maybe that's a 2024 goal. I've always wanted to read. Just don't have the focus to read. I actually think when I read, I become really fatigued because I find it very, I've got maybe a distant memory that I'm very anxious about reading, really. I can read, fine. I can write, fine. But, yeah, anyway, so I was listening to this Peloton podcast, right? And and obviously, the idea is quite simple, really, on reflection. It all depends on which way you take it. But Peloton sells you premium-grade equipment, fitness equipment. And having spent 25 years in a rowing boat, let's say, at my weekends, and in rowing gyms, good equipment is a whole differentiator when it comes to performance. Using the right equipment encourages performance. Using bad equipment dis discourages performance. So if you're actually going to do anything well from a fitness perspective, you invest heavily in your gear because it will always pay back. If you go and buy that really cheap gear from wherever you might buy it from, and it doesn't quite work, it doesn't fit work, it makes funny noises or all of the above, you will fail to commit to it. Anyway, long and the short of it is I listened to the, um, the person, they sell you prestige level fitness equipment with a screen that can introduce you to classes. And it, the classes are accessible through a subscription service. So there's two things there that I kind of was puzzling over during wheelbarrow 47 to 53, let's say. And I kept circling back to doing one thing well, Phil, the finest lawns in the country. And the one thing that I've kind of realized over the last four months is, and actually a lot of clients have used the words with me, is... 
I reset a lawn at the beginning of a contract and I haven't always done that. That's been introduced over the last three months. Resetting a lawn is basically stripping it back to its, well, triple scarifying it, cutting it very short in order that you get back to just the grass that's able to cope with that process, the really healthy grass. What it does is it leaves a large 50, 60, 70% of the area for new seed, of which reseeding, dressing, germination, and growing out is all part of that reset. So the reset is something I introduced, and I kind of analogized in my head that the reset is kind of a prestige item, but what it does is it creates control. And that's not the words I've used. That's the words that several of my clients recently have used. Is you, you have to reset a lawn fill in order to get control of its performance. Totally, totally true. So I kind of, whilst listening during Wheelbarrow 46 to 59, maybe, um, I was listening to that whole narrative about the pricing around the equipment being really important to the overall strategy of the company. Now, you can always buy cheaper, but the interesting thing is Peloton from the very beginning or when they finally got their business model sorted, made it aspirationally expensive, a premium purchase. Now, the theory behind that, having listened to it, was if you can afford to buy the best bike, the chances are you can afford to sign up and if you can afford to sign up to the subscription service, you probably can afford to stay signed up. So one of the things that was examined there was the pricing of the equipment and the pricing of the subscription led to retention. And in the fitness industry, they say gym membership, retention is not very good, as low as 54% or something. Very, very low. So premium and prestige and purchasing the best in the beginning leads to a subscription service that has retention at the end. And, and, and it, it, it didn't seem obvious to me until we are bro 75 is it didn't seem obvious to me that that's the play. That's the business model that I've evolved long plan to be. So, I've come to realize that actually, if you're going to have one of the finest lawns in the UK, the first thing that has to happen, if you have to reset it and you have to reset it as a prestige service, resetting a lawn is something that is not affordable, not available, not accessible to everyone, but it's accessible to enough because let's say that's the business that I've been developing in 2023 during one of the most economically difficult periods in the UK. But hey, I'm optimistic. I push wheelbarrows more than I'd ever dream of pushing. So, um, yeah, so look, so I took this playbook and I circled back on the doing one thing well thing. And rather than sort of exploding my brain into what shall I do next, what shall I do next, the ADHD, ideas, innovation, dyslexic mode kind of thing, I focused down. Yes, my friends. The fill six reordered. The anxiety and the uncertainty and the focus reordered. And it reordered during the day to focus uncertainty 
and value? Answer that question, Phil. Focus, uncertainty, value. And I came up with an idea that I've executed this morning. If you go and look at the All Gardening website, allgardening.co.uk, you find the link in the in the notes. And you go onto the lawn, pa- lawn plan page, you find the link in the notes for that as well, is I've changed it. I finally decided to very simply explain that lawn plan is three parts, reset, grow out, and maintenance. And you can buy each part separately, but you can't really. It's a bit like Peloton. You can buy the subscription to the fitness sessions without a bike, using another bike, let's say, but you don't get the full experience, do you? And most people wouldn't do it that way anyway. So I've aligned things to doing one thing well. In order to grow the finest lawns, the lawn needs a reset, and the reset starts at £1,900. That's the kind of price point I think I'm learning things start at. Now, the grow-out is optional. depends on whether I do it, or whether you do it, or whether your gardener does it. But it starts at about £109 a month, and includes all the technical requirements to support the growing-out process. And then there is a maintenance service, which includes the technical package, i.e. how to look after a fine lawn, and that starts from £109. So in effect, what I've done in that day of pushing wheelbarrows and nearly dying several times, actually, I thought I nearly died about once, where I think my heart rate was about 160. It's probably about an hour in, where I was kind of probably having a bit of a panic attack, actually, on reflection. But the, the brain the power of the brain. Keep in mind, I'm 53 and I shifted 520 kilograms of soil on Monday. And today, which is Wednesday, I'm actually walking absolutely fine. My biceps are killing me. My forearms are killing me. But actually, I feel fine. Another day's rest, I'll be chipper. But the that whole day got me to one place. The chaos that had reigned the previous days before the job started and kind of during the day, throughout the day, settled on answering one thing. How do you get this business model right in order that people in 2024 and beyond can understand how to buy it and they simply understand that it's the finest way to have the finest lawn? And it came to me. It kind. Of, it didn't come to me in a kind of. It came to me gradually, as I almost was irreverent with my thinking around new ideas. The anxiety engine, the ADHD anxiety engine, let's say, the uncertainty engine. As that peeled away to focus, value, confidence, you know, the other three in the fill six, it became obvious to me that that's really what I'm doing. And actually, on the other side, it kind of focuses how I do it, how the van should perform, how the equipment should be, how much investment I should put into the equipment. It's quite interesting. Listening about another business model and another business story for three and a half hours 
How often do you get the time to spend listening to something three and a half hours? Well, I get quite a lot of time, obviously, when I'm pushing wheelbarrows all day. But that day opened up a dialogue of thinking less. Get that? Thinking less. The day started off with thinking chaos and ended up with thinking less. Today, which is Wednesday, I've updated the website. I've also updated the indexing in my brain that actually the way lawn plan will work, the way lawn plan will grow, the way lawn plan will be developed in 2024 and on. It's a prestige, family run, luxury level lawn service. It can only be like that. It's a prestige premium. It's a super premium. It's up there with iPhone. It's up there with Peloton. It's kind of like, it's only accessible. At that point. But the thing that closed it all out is that there is a relationship between the reset and there's a relationship between the subscription service. The first one has a relationship with the second one. Now, I've never thought about that before. Never thought about it before. But I've done it. I've built it on the website. It's there. It's locked in. So, my friends, that's been... That's it. That's the kind of the half hour. That's all I could do. But look, hopefully uh, you won't have the pleasure of pushing 96 wheelbarrows. But let's say you might take the pleasure in listening to a podcast when you have a bit of time to do fitness. <clears throat> and if you're listening to me whilst you're sitting on a row machine doing your 30 minutes or sitting on a bike doing your 30 minutes or, I don't know, sitting in the bath doing your 30 minutes of rest and relaxation, then um, well done. Well done to you. But anyway, as a little last little footnote, I'm just going to repeat the Phil Six. Focus, confidence, value. Anxiety, uncertainty, dyslexic doubt. Understand those in your own mind. And it's really, really powerful. Anyway, dear friends, I have whittled on for as long as the podcast recording interface will allow me to. So that's it. Wednesday is done. Anyway, look, thanks for listening. And um, oh, next week's podcast, I think it's going to be quite exciting. There is a meeting next week that may change everything. But who knows? Anyway, look, <clears throat> love as always. Thanks for listening. And... Uh, Catch you again very soon. Take care. Bye. See ya.